Welcome to Dare You Glow podcast, where we open up important conversations on growth, mental health, empowerment, and limiting beliefs. Topics that women should really be talking about more. We believe that healing and growth journeys don't have to feel lonely, and we're here to support each other on the path to personal development. If you have a growth-oriented mindset and want to do better, this podcast is for you. Together, we explore what truly helps us glow and how we can harness our shared strength and humanity to brighten our collective glow. Hello, welcome back to another episode of There You Glow. This is Gian. And this is Benice. We're so excited to have you join us today. Yes. In today's episode, we'll be diving into the topics of friendships. We will talk about outgrowing friendships, forged relationships, and building a healthy support system. Recently, I've been feeling really good. I feel like I've attracted this amazing girls group that I haven't had in years. I've regained my confidence, and it's really incredibly empowering. That's really wonderful to hear, Gian. I'm so glad that we're discussing this because having a support system that uplifts and empowers us on our journey of personal growth and self-discovery is. So So crucial. So let's start by exploring why having a support system is so important. Absolutely, Bernice. So for years, I didn't have a healthy support system at all. I always felt like a misfit or an outcast wherever I went. You know exactly what I mean, Bernice. I do. So could you tell us a bit more about how being a misfit or an outcast made you feel? You know, I feel like not having a support system really left me feeling very lonely. I even started questioning if there was something wrong with me. I believed it was my problem that I didn't have any friends, and this belief took a toll on my mental health. My self-esteem was so low, and I just felt lost. I could totally relate. I remember、um, being in primary school, middle school, high school. Literally, wherever I went, I was not able to find "quote unquote" my group of people, and. Not being able to have access to that sort of support group really did something to me as well. Like you said, you felt like you know you did something wrong, or you know there's something wrong with you. I think that we're all like we're all humans, and and as humans, we're social beings, and so we crave for a sense of you know validation, and we we all want to be agreed with, and and that is to also say you know、um, I feel like whatever. Kind of people you are, you also deserve your own kind of support group. I just didn't have that, and I felt so lost, so overwhelmed, and because I was so lonely, I was putting up with people that I shouldn't have. Yeah, Bernice, I get it. I mean, looking back, I realized I used to force myself into relationships that weren't genuine or fulfilling. I wanted to fit in so desperately that I compromised my authenticity. But now things have changed. My priorities have changed. It took me so much time and lesson for me to finally learn that eventually being an authentic self helps me to attract my true tribe. It requires me to embrace my uniqueness and have the courage to show up as myself. That's a powerful realization, G. It is unfortunate how societal pressures can make us believe that we need to conform and fit into certain molds to be accepted. But I think the truth is, like the collective truth that we have both found out to be, forcing relationships based on a false version of ourselves would. Only lead to further disconnection and dissatisfaction. So we were saying we felt so lonely, and that's why we 
we kind of sacrificed our own authenticity and we're like, you know what? Because I'm so lonely, so I'm gonna put up with whatever friend that that I'm given. You know what I mean? When you do that, it creates this split between who you actually are and then who you are around these people. And I think when I say you know, it actually leads to further disconnection and dissatisfaction. It's because you've created this split between who you actually are and who you are in front of these people, and essentially, you're not absolutely happy about who you are in front of them because you don't feel you don't feel right because this is not you. And I think that was exactly what we went what we went through. And so, like like you said, you know, through all these experiences, so you slowly start to recognize that the quality of the relationship that you have in your life is actually deeply related to your sense of self, like. How how willing are you to be authentic? Will will be how fulfilled you feel in relationships, in friendships. Hmm, I love that. I love how you put it together. I remember last time we had a conversation about toxic relationships that we had in the past, and how we choose to detox and set boundaries. You girls out there probably have similar experiences where you try to be part of social groups, but then felt uncomfortable, and the conversation just seemed superficial or lacking in value. It would leave me feeling so drained and and exhausted after socializing. Yeah, I came to understand that these were false relationships because I don't truly feel like I belong, and it took me years to realize that this feeling of not. Belonging wasn't my fault, but rather a reflection of how connected I was to my sense of self. Yeah, that's so true, and that actually reminded me of、um, a concept that that my mentor shared with me one time. And she said,、uh, "Imagine back in the days, back in ancient times, it's like if you're not in a group setting, if you're not within a group, you're by yourself. You could literally die. You know what I mean? Like you have to live in a village." Otherwise, like you're on your own out there, and there's like lots of wild animals out there. Like we're talking about ancient times, and that explains so much about like why we're such social beings and why we need that kind of external validation to feel safe, to feel like grounded within our quote-unquote sense of self. But、um, I think one thing, like my takeaway from here, is that I'm starting to get why I feel like I need that kind of. Group setting, and I also know that I don't need that to survive because people back in ancient times they needed that to survive, and we're still, you know, humans that well. These are our ancestors, right? And it's like these are still within our system that we still like. We still need to be within a group, but 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 the truth is. Of course, you know, being in this kind of groups, it it gives you something adds values. Could, but the point is that we don't need that to survive. But then our like by default, we would want to be in this group so badly because of our human instinct. And I think it is so important for us to kind of just identify, acknowledge it. Yeah, acknowledge the fact that we're not living in ancient times. It's fine that we don't have a big group of friends, and it's fine that we haven't found our group of friends yet.、Um, and and to also you know learn not to sacrifice our sense of self and our authenticity just to be connected to some people or just to have friends. Exactly, and I think so. Obviously, when you have like when you're deeply rooted in your sense of self, you're you're more likely to gravitate towards relationship that actually aligns with your values, your interests, and with human connections. It's about finding a genuine sense of belonging where we could 
truly be ourselves and thrive within the relationship. And when when you think about it that way, it's like what we talked a lot about uh, authenticity, and we talked a lot about how not being authentic would eventually create that kind of disconnection. But what I wanted to like kind of focus on here would be the genuine friendships, like what it actually looked like. You know what I mean? Because like we're we're talking about all this. Okay, you could like you could be authentic, and you're gonna find your group of friends. But how do they look like? Like most of the time, like people out there listening to our podcast, they might not know what we mean. But I wanted to share since I've started showing up more authentically, the friends, the genuine connections, the people that I've actually been able to connect with, they all look so different. I'm not sure if you know what I mean. Like I'm able to connect with friends who are more than 20 years older than me. Back at the time when I met you, I was so committed to my own integrity that I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna let anyone think that I was not a feminist. It's like I'm a fucking feminist. So what? If you like it, you like it. Yeah, take it or leave it. That's it. And and I think that because I was so unapologetically me, that essentially uh, helped me glow. You know what I mean? It's like you've got this inner glow, um, and that's not that's not from you know the way you dress, your makeup. It's nothing like that. It's it's by being so deeply grounded within your sense of self and knowing that you don't have to sacrifice your authenticity just to connect with people. Yeah. So you know, when I first met you, Bernice, I actually remember I was really attracted by your confidence. Like you're always so confident, and honestly, confidence looks really good on you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And and that's the reason why I wanted to get to know you on a deeper level on the first day we met, because with this level of confidence, I- I'm sure you went through something. Like you're glowing, and you're educating people with all your beliefs and all that and i i really wanted to know why the the reason why you're doing this and basically to connect with you on a deeper level and to me i feel like you know genuine connections comes to a point where both of us can be emotionally connected there is like an emotional bonding between us if that makes sense i think what you're referring to as um emotional connection could be what i what i uh, what i said earlier um the commitment to your own integrity and your own truth low that you said was within me you said you know it, it came from the confidence right but that confidence that kind of glow actually it it didn't come from just my confidence but it actually came from my commitment to my own truth i know i'm a feminist I know that certain things are important to me and these are my non-negotiables that I'm never going to be willing to negotiate whoever that person might be that's sitting in front of me. And I think that, you know, this sort of emotional connection could, you know, just be the very similar level of commitment that we all have within our friend group that is very, very similar. So it's like... You could only connect to the people who share the very similar level of commitment to their own truth with you, because I I'm very very selective with my circles now with with who have access to me, because I remember I remember having such low standards that I literally was willing to take any friends that they were like oh 
you know what, Bernice, let's grab lunch, you know. Why would I sacrifice my, my, my me time, you know? So I think genuine connections to me, it kind of look like there's no certain aesthetic to it. There's no certain looks to it. Like within our own like closer friend group that we've formed, every single one has different aesthetic yeah don't we or or even you know like when we're younger we look at you know go friends group that all share the same aesthetic and we thought that that's genuine connection right actually when you think about it i have lots of genuine connections in in, in my life and if you do you will like when you start to look at everyone that you truly connect with in your life you start to realize that they don't actually have lots in common you know these people so so say for example i serve i've play the piano I'm a dancer and you probably don't have one friend who does every single thing like like I do because that's also you know what makes me unique but at the same time what I want to emphasize here is that genuine connection is not built on just something that you both enjoy or you both like like it, it doesn't fucking matter because the g- genuine connection doesn't come from shared activity not just oh, we enjoy the same things together. So I think genuine connection looks more like the commitment you have to your own truth rather than an aesthetic or a certain shared activity that you all do together. Because literally, I don't I don't have friends who actually enjoy doing the same things I do in life. Like, I, I don't have friends who would serve with me. I don't have friends who, who love to read all the books I love to read. But it doesn't matter, you know? It's not that that matters. And that's what I call genuine connection. I like it. I like your explanation a lot. I mean, right now, I feel like I do know how to distinguish whether or not it is a toxic relationship to me. But back in the days, like, I treat everyone as my friend. All friendship are friendships to me and I value everyone. Whenever I meet someone new, anyone, I would immediately think that it must be fate that brought us together and, and there must be a reason why we're friends. And and I treasure everyone so much. No, I actually agree. You know, like I think there's a fine line. What what you said just now, I wanted to emphasize. So you mentioned this concept of attachment slash connection so back in when we were younger we probably had a lot of relationships where where there were actually lots of attachments and codependency issues but they they these weren't actual connections and i think obviously when we're talking about it attachments are the kind of relationships that drain us connections are the relationships that actually uplifts and empowers us exactly Venice. I think many of us can relate to the experience of toxic friendships or relationships that no longer serve us. But you know, of course we know how important it is to cut off toxic relationships. But it can be incredibly challenging to recognize when a relationship has become toxic and to make the decision to detox and set boundaries. I mean, I also took a hot pill on that. Some of the friendships are even like childhood best friends or family friends. Like it's not easy to cut off certain people in your life, even if you've noticed like there are reflex in the relationship. So Bernice, do you have any insights for our listeners out there to identify and cut off toxic relationships? Well, of course, letting go of relationships that were once significant to us, such as like childhood best friends could be very difficult. So we, we may have like, 
countless of shared memories, experiences with these people. But as we grow and evolve, our needs and value change. We have to acknowledge that, and that is the same for everyone. So I think it's essential to first prioritize your own well-being and surround yourself with people who could actually. Add value to your life, uplift and support your journey. But I think the second thing is do not take anything personal. And when I say don't take anything personal, I mean it could be you outgrowing a friend, and then you have no idea how to communicate what's happening, and then and then maybe like something happened, and eventually you and your friend just. Fell apart and aren't friends anymore, and you feel like guilty about it. I think there's so much like shame and guilt in not staying in a relationship, especially friendship. I'm so confused. Like, why do we never talk about breakup in friendship? Why? That's the thing. That's the thing. Why is it not common? Do you know what I mean? It, okay, if we're talking about romantic relationships, we we talk about like breakup all the time because it's it's either you work together or you don't. But why is it not the same for friends? Why do we like? Why do we lower our our bar our, our standards so low that literally we're like, if you're not a romantic partner, you can have access to me forever. Fuck that. Yeah. No, sorry, but fuck that. No. Well, just because it's platonic, doesn't mean that you get to stay in my life forever, no matter what you do. You know what I mean? Like, even as romantic partners, you could outgrow each other. You 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 walk different paths, and then and you realize you've been too disconnected that you can't connect anymore. Then you walk your separate ways. And and I don't understand why we don't have a system to identify friendships that don't work anymore. I used to say I'm the best at cutting off people, at cutting people off, because I moved out at 19. Like I was willing to sacrifice my relationship, my family. For the sake of my mental health, so listen. There's nothing I'm not gonna do for my mental health. Like that's my commitment, right? And and I think obviously, like I said earlier, the second point would be don't take anything too personal. Um, it's like we we are all the main character of our own story. So for whatever reason you feel like I'm leaving this friendship for your like the the other person in this friendship is seeing the other thing. And it doesn't fucking matter if the, if you guys see the same things. It it doesn't matter. What matters is that it doesn't work for you anymore, and you've decided that my time's better spent elsewhere. And literally, that's the decision that you have to make. But of course, you know that there's so much that goes into a friendship that just don't work anymore. It could be. Um, a never a friend that never reciprocates um, your love language to to her. I mean, you, you know what I mean. But but I think what I'm saying is that in general, you have to prioritize your own well-being. And second thing, don't take anything too personal. And third thing, know that relationships, any sort of relationships. In your life are supposed to serve a meaning. Mm. So if it doesn't, if it doesn't make you money, if it doesn't make you a happy, if it doesn't make you a healthier person, let that go. Yes, so right. You actually reminded me of a childhood best friend that I had. So at some point of my life, I was really terrified by the term bestie or BFF, because、uh, this friend she would actually tell me, you know, Gian as my bestie. 
you should do this and and you should not do that. My God. Do you know what's that called? Emotional blackmail. And I've been through many years of blackmailing. So because she wasn't able to promote to senior form, and therefore she weren't allowed to go out for lunch. And so basically, she requested me to stay in school for the whole year to accompany her during lunchtime, because as I'm her only bestie. Therefore, I wasn't allowed to go out for lunch because I would be abandoning her if I did. You sense the guilt that she's planted in your head. Exactly. That didn't come from you. That didn't come from you. And and this is why I call it emotional blackmail. And for for the people listening out there, um, I know like I've been I've been called like using big words and like heavy heavy wordings and stuff on on things that happen so so normally in life. But no, like. This is not normal. I, I I wanted to like really emphasize this: emotional blackmail, guilt tripping, gaslighting. These are all the things that are not normal, but are so normalized in our society. Just because it's normalized doesn't mean that we should keep putting up with these things. And I think that obviously it, we're talking about emotional blackmailing. And if for the people who don't understand out there, I would say. For your friend to not emotional blackmail you at that point, but still convey the same message—what she, not what she really should have said, but the other way to say it without emotionally blackmailing you—would be, "Jian, I feel really, really lonely, um, and I really, I, I, I would really appreciate it if you would maybe." Um, stay, stay, yeah. Spend one lunch with me in in a week. That would make me feel really happy because I'm going through something tough right now, and I'm feeling extra lonely, and I need that kind of support. All about healthy, open communication. Um, and I think that because we're so not used to that, like obviously we are, we're not used to that because our parents communicated with us. In a different way, right?、Um, and this is why we're talking about this because we want to start to not break the cycle, but at least bring these things to surface.、Mm, Normalize these conversations. Exactly, for sure. Like if your partner cheats, it gives you the permission to leave the relationship. Yeah, there's nothing like this in in friendship.、So、just earlier, you told me about.、Um, Your your bestie back in high school who emotionally blackmailed you, tried to make you, you know, stay at school with her for lunch, and so why why wasn't that something within the barometer in a friendship that you know we need to break break away from because, well, if there is certain things like this, certain barometers within dating, then obviously there should be for friendship as well because I truly believe that. All human connections in our life are meant to, like, are meant to be here for a reason. It could be a blessing or a lesson, like you said earlier. Like, I do agree that we meet people for a reason, but it's and every single one that we meet, they are all unique in their own way. I'm not saying that、um, there's no meaning in in human connections. I think that there's a lot of meaning in there, but at the same time, you know, it's not everyone. Like, it's it's not the connection with everyone that we need to romanticize. I think that if we've met at some point, we've exchanged energy, we've talked, then my life is forever changed because we've exchanged energy, and I would, I would not be, I would not be the same person as I was yesterday. But at the same time, it's not because everyone's so unique, then then you have to be in everyone's life.、Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. You know, I would always say like. 
people who know me back then don't really know me. Yeah. I mean, my values has changed. How I see things has changed. I don't agree with how I was living my life. I don't agree with how I used to treat people and treat myself. I actually really love when you said the people who knew you back then probably didn't even know you. Absolutely. How, how do you expect the people around you to understand you when you don't even know who you, who, who yourself is? You know. It's not possible, like like you said, you're always putting on a facade, and that was never you. So the person they that they got to know was no one. You know, they, they they never really know you. So it's also you know how how this is connected to what we what we talked about the last time in the last episode. Um, navigating through past traumas, it's like being deeply so deeply rooted in your sense of self that you know the version of you in others' perception will never be you. Yeah, I think that detoxing from toxic relationships could be a really difficult process, as it is something that I'm going through at the moment. As we're all works in progress, and we're constantly, you know, learning and you know just trying to do better. But I think that it's so necessary for our own personal growth and happiness. It is so difficult because. When you start to detox from these toxic relationships, whether that be romantic relationship, friendships, or even you know with family members, um, I think the first thing that you really need to get round to is is that you have to accept that you've lowered your standard to that point, and that you kept putting up with this. And that for me was the most difficult process because when I accept this fact. I am basically accepting that I abused myself, and it's really tough because you have to take accountable accountability and responsibility for what you have done to yourself. I'm not saying that you know you're the sole abuser of yourself. Like all of the things that you've been through is because you put yourself through that. But you've allowed it. We're always slightly lonely, you know. We can't. I, I don't think that we could fully be so rooted in our sense of self. Like even like I myself, this is something I am going through. But last year when we met, you saw the Benice who's so confidently glowing, literally glowing, right? And I am saying, you know, I'm glowing even more than I used to now. But I am still going through this, and and it is literally a lifelong. Journey of, and, and lifelong process because yes, I do learn better. I keep doing better and better and better. So this is why I think detoxing from these relationships could be really difficult. You have to be brutally honest with yourself, and that takes practice. I really feel like this episode is gonna be so powerful. You're so good at this. I remembered when I figured I was allowing myself to be abused in a relationship. And I know that I need to learn to set myself free, and and at that time it was also a really hot pill for me. So yes, we really just need to learn to do better every day. Yeah, it is. This reminded me of an imagery that I once had in my head. So it's like you have a handful of sand, yeah, and you're trying to hold on to this sand, but at the same time, no matter how hard you try to hold on to this sand, this will still be slipping away from your fingertips and. Once you realize that there's literally not even one single sand that you're holding in your hand, and then you, and then you're still trying to hold on to something, and you're like, "What is this even?" But you don't even know. But then if you don't let go, like if literally if you don't let go at that point, there's it's not possible to grab a new handful of sand. You know what I mean? And that's like I let go of the toxic relationship, and I like 
welcomed new, healthy, genuine connections. Nice metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Even though it takes time to rebuild your support system, I feel like it's so worth it. Trust me, it's worth the wait because I can't express how grateful I am that I've met you, Bernice, and the rest of the girls, and that we're able to connect on a deeper level. Now having this regular support group is such a happy news for me, and honestly, I'm so so happy that we're able to share our journeys together. So Bernice, did you have any support system growing up? Um, my, you know, well, let's just define support system here. Um, this term, when when it's used commonly, it refers to a group of people who could lift you up, who 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 could actually connect with you emotionally. So, so on that note, no, <laughs> no, no, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't really have anyone who who I connected with, um, but there was this group of girls that I grew up with, and 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 I also did ballet with. Um, some of these people are still very close friend to me until now. But like, if we're talking about if I had a support group or, or like people who actually could connect with me on a an, on an emotional level back at the time, no, I never had anyone because I didn't even know who I was. I didn't have any emotional depth until. And until probably I started doing all this healing work, I put up with everyone who entered my life. That's why I I gave everyone access to me. I'm like, welcome, you know, I'm an open book. Um, there's a physical loneliness and there's this mental loneliness. I, I I well, I might have been able to avoid that physical loneliness, but I was never able to avoid um, that mental loneliness because I could be with group of friends I could be like with 10 12 people and all sort of having an engaging conversation and I would just be there feeling completely drained and as I you know as I go home I would start to ask myself this question why but Bernice why did you waste your time like why, why did you waste your time to just be there well I didn't know I did not know that my energy is not a bottomless brunch you know, I was always giving my energy away, like, come take it. But um, the signals that my body is sending me while I engage with these relationships, with, with these people, I started to feel that these connections essentially drain the shit out of me more than set my soul on fire. And and then I was just asking myself, well, life's, life's too so like life's so short. If I'm not willing to wear boring outfits, why am I talking to boring people? Like not boring, why am I talking to people who can't actually connect with me? Personally for me, as I was detoxing and I was, you know, cutting people off from my life, um, I, at some point I couldn't take it and I had to go on solo traveling. And I went on different trips and I was able to, well, because I wasn't in Hong Kong and because I wasn't in Hong Kong, it's like um, you don't feel so pressured to to actually talk to the people that you would normally talk to. It's like almost you had an excuse. And so through that, I was able to cut off a lot of people that I probably would not be able to cut off if if I didn't go on solo traveling. I love that I'm just starting to learn to enjoy my me time and solo traveling is definitely on my bucket list. I love that solo traveling is on your bucket list and I think that solo traveling should be on everyone's bucket list because 
solo traveling means something to me. It's like when you're not in the environment that you're used to, you're not within, like you're not with the people that you're normally with, and so that gives you so much freedom as to be whoever you feel like you are. And so it's like if you've never gone on solo traveling at least once in your life, I don't think you would actually know who you are. And that I love. We are no longer jeopardizing the quality of our friends group for the quantity of the people we are quote unquote connected to. Yeah, it's about being selective to the people who we allow into our lives. Yeah, I agree. So, what do you think has really changed as you're being more selective to the people who have access to you? So honestly, I've never had any circles in my life that has shared. An actual bonding with me, well, some of the friends that we were friends because of a certain circumstances. Maybe we were in the same class, same school, or we just happened to be in the same setting. So that's why we chose to spend time together. So therefore, back in the days, I've never had any emotional support from any groups of my friends. However, I think after I'm being more selective to the people around me. I feel supported in all the ways as long as I'm showing up as myself. I could be as authentic as I could. I don't care if anyone would judge, because you know, because you know we don't. Yeah, it's just a really safe space where you could feel belonged. I love that, and I think that this is when you could truly tell if, if you know, a friendship is. Connection, or if it's just attachment,、um, and I actually wanted to clarify because I know your context and I know what you're talking about.、Um, so I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on you know be- feeling supported in all of the ways as long as you're showing up as yourself. Because I think within genuine connection, there is this framework where I think that you will be supported. Um, as long as you're showing up as your authentic self, and and you will always feel supported, and, and that is not to say whatever you do, I'm gonna tell you, good job, Gian. Let me celebrate your success. That's that's not genuine connection. But I will call you out, and I will try to hold you accountable. I'll be honest with you when you're not showing up as your authentic self. You remember all the times when I、uh, reminded you, like, oh, don't you feel this is the part where you're seeking for external validation? You know, things like this. I'm not like attacking you because as a friend, I just wanted to be here to witness, not help you, witness your growth. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force you to grow in a way or. You know, in a speed that you don't want to, that that you're not comfortable with. You know what I mean. So, as a friend, I'm just here to witness and literally help you achieve whatever you want to achieve. I think that there is this line between actual friendship, actual connection, and attachment. Because when sometimes you know your friends could think that I'm being honest. With you by telling you that you, as my best friend, is supposed to stay like to do this, yeah. But then that's not real friendship. Oh, this is such a good wrap up. We hope this episode has inspired you to reflect on your own support system and take steps towards finding your voice. Remember, you're not alone on this journey, and together we can create a world where every woman's voice is valued and heard. Yep, and it's completely normal to take small steps into making changes. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Dare You Glow. And next episode, we'll dive into social media, talk about how social media affects the both of us growing up. Yes, be ready for more empowering conversations. Until then, keep, keep glowing. glowing. Bye. Bye.